The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. What up and welcome in. We've got a football Friday today here on the edge. Matt humans is here and the guest of honor on this football Friday, Scott Kellen, six cents NFL up on Twitter. He's going to be with us for the entire hour as we run over the entire rotation of NFL action this coming weekend. And we dive right in a quick look back at what happened last night, because there are some notable outcomes from yesterday, 24 to nine Carolina Panthers get there. They cover the number humans. Everybody's teaser. I would say everybody's. I think everybody had a teaser with Carolina involved in some way or fashion. Uh, everybody is still alive in that regard. A couple of things that come out of it, though. One, the fact that Christian McCaffrey uh, done for a few weeks here with the hamstring injury. Not good, considering how bad that Carolina offense looked for a while without Christian McCaffrey. And the other is uh, David Culley with some questionable coaching decisions. I really don't know how guys like David Coley get head coaching jobs in the NFL. If you don't understand the basics of how to manage a game, when to accept a penalty, when to decline it, when to kick, uh, when to go for it, when to punt. Uh, how are you a head coach? Don't you go through these things? Don't they put you through these situational questions and interviews? And you should have to pass with flying colors to get a head coaching job. He spent his entire life in coaching. It looks like he has no idea how to manage a game. And I don't know how that's possible. But it, it's going to make it really difficult, I think, to bet on the Texans, even though they look like a team that's going to fight to um, be competitive in a lot of games, especially when Tyrod Taylor comes back. If you have a coach who's just clueless in game management. It makes it that much tougher to bet on that team. And last night, a couple things to take away from the Panthers. They're off to a 3-0 start, which is not a surprise to me. But Sam Darnold looked pretty good. Threw the ball downfield a little bit more last night. But without Christian McCaffrey, who uh, JVT, I texted you during the game, and I said, man, the Panthers are overusing this guy. And uh, you can't touch the ball 30 times a game in the NFL and, uh, and stay on the field. I don't know. He's not that durable a back anyway, even though he's a tough guy. In the NFL, you can't touch it 30 times a game and stay out there every week. I think the Panthers can be okay in the short term with Chuba Hubbard and some of the backs uh, they've got. And, um, you know, their schedule's not that tough. Actually, we talked about yesterday, one of the easiest schedules in the NFL in the first eight weeks. So I, I think the Panthers can survive in the short term without McCaffrey. But just a couple of takeaways uh, from last night's game. Uh, I will say this, Scott. Uh, I've been, I, I told you this yesterday. After this week, I'm going to be looking to take my shot against Carolina. One of the things that I've been waiting for is for this offensive line to start showing some warts. Uh, sure enough, yesterday, they really did. Not a single offensive lineman with a higher pass blocking grade than 65, according to PFF, and a total of 18 pressures allowed for Sam Darnold with that offensive line. They look pretty bad. Well, and remember, they lose J.C. Horn, too. Yep. Pretty good secondary yeah. player as well. 
Um, and look, they, they've faced two rookie quarterbacks now in the first three weeks, and then whatever New Orleans threw out there last week, right? So things have kind of break, broke their way as well. So. Yeah, they have. Uh, Mackenzie Kramer of ESPN Daily Wager tweeted this last night, and I agree with him, quote, Texans might be feisty enough to cover a bunch this year, but if David Coley keeps making horrendous <laughs> in-game decisions, they won't win many of those games. And uh, I couldn't agree more with his uh, opinion on that last night. I, Sam Darnold is a mobile quarterback, and he can help, uh, I, I think, uh, escape some of those pressures that that mm. offensive line tiny is allowing. Tiny hands, though. But, uh, <laughs> he, he does, he does uh, have a problem with tiny hands, and that's, uh, that becomes a fumbling issue. And we'll see. You know, it's one thing. Three games is a small sample size, especially yes. against mostly weak competition. We'll see how he stands up. Uh, in the long term, I think Darnold's going to be okay. I don't think he's going to be great. It's not as good mm-hmm. as he's looked so far. Uh, and without Christian McCaffrey out there, it's going to make life, t- life uh, a little bit tougher on him. Uh, but Panthers off to a good start. And uh, I, I'm encouraged by their defense. Football's a game of attrition. You're going to lose guys during the season. J.C. Horn's going to be out for a while. But I do think their depth is okay because they built this defense uh, the right way. Spent every single pick, what, a couple of drafts ago yep. on defense. defense. And, and that's why you do it. Hey, I heard a stat coming in today. I think last week there was over 700 yards rushing by quarterbacks. It's only the second time they've ever gone over 700 yards. And then they threw out some stat all year for uh, for rushing yards too. So rushing athletic quarterbacks is way up, and uh, they're moving the ball different ways now. Yep. Hey, you mentioned the teasers last night. Uh, that's why I don't tease terrible teams. Mm-hmm. I don't tease really bad dogs up. Yep. Because last night, if you tease the Texans up to plus 14, guess what? You still got a loser <laughs> uh, last night. And I think it's a lot safer a lot of times just to tease the favorite down. I know that's a, a public strategy. and Some people might scoff at that. But, hey, I didn't think there was any doubt the Panthers were the better play on the teaser last night, knocking him down to minus one and a half or if you waited, minus two. And that's the way you played it too, right? Yep. And, and here's the thing. So you talk about teasing terrible teams because there's a lot of teaser opportunities. Uh, you can tease underdogs, but it's those one and a half, two point underdogs teasing those guys up through six, you know, three and seven, and that's essentially coin flip spot at home. Now you're getting as a full touchdown a little bit more. So we'll have, we'll have more on those because there's plenty of those situations. How about what forward. Ben Fox tweeted last yep. night too? Ben of uh, Vsin tweeted the biggest reported bet of the NFL season came in last night at Caesar Sports on the Carolina Panthers money line minus three eighty. Uh, that was seven hundred sixty thousand to win two hundred thousand. Scott, mm-hmm. nice job. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sweating out for a little while. It's true. Yeah. They were looking a little. They were looking a little dead in the water for a while. Uh, all right. Well, with that, let's dive right into the rotation. We're going to stop at the start of the top, work our way all the way through the schedule, guys. So we'll start with 469, 470. That would be Arizona on the road against Jacksonville. Cardinals seven and a half point favorite with a total of 51 and a half. Uh, the predominant number across the board here. There's some eights popping up as well. Uh, so it's not surprising to potentially see this move in that direction. Uh, but this is something worth noting, right? Because as we talked about this um, outside of the uh, studio, Scott, it does look like potentially DeAndre Hopkins is dealing with a little bit of an issue here. He's going to be a game-time decision with an injured rib. How much does that affect your handicap? Uh, I think it affects a little bit. I made this number just under six, a little bit of value at Jacksonville. But I do think it matches up well for a teaser. Now, I, you know, a little bit worried here because of the Hopkins thing. But... You know, Rondell Moore's played very well. They've got receivers this year who can, you know, hopefully kind of help uh, overcome that a little bit. But the reason I like it um, is um, Arizona's averaging about 8.9 yards a pass. Jacksonville giving up about 8.3. That fits them just very, very fine. Uh, Jacksonville only averages uh, about 5.4 yards a pass. Arizona only giving up five yards a pass. Some of that's because they're, they're putting a rush on the uh, quarterback. Um, so, again, that kind of suits them very well. Arizona top 10 in big uh, big pass plays, Jacksonville bottom 10. So all that stuff kind of lines up that I think this is a very favorable matchup for Arizona. As long as they don't look ahead, I think they may have the Rams next week uh, and obviously Hopkins. But we're really just asking them to win the game with a teaser down to one and a half. Uh, so I think there's a little value there. And, uh, and a little value on the under. I made the total about 49. Hopkins doesn't play. Maybe that would come down a little bit more. So a little value of the under. But I like it as part of a uh, teaser. Mm-hmm. I guess I would only consider the Cardinals. On a, on a teaser play this week, and I have not played it, and I'm probably going to pass on this game because of the Hopkins injury, even though I agree with Scott, the Cardinals are deep at receiver. I, I always am a little bit more hesitant to play the road teams on the teasers in these type of situations, and especially when it's not a big game for that road team because the Cardinals are off two big games against the Titans and Vikings, and they got the Rams on deck, so how focused are they going to be here? And the Jaguars, let's face it, they're going to be a hungry 
they're going to be a desperate, hungry type of team because they're taking a whipping right now in the media, and um, everybody's down on the Jags. I think there are going to be spots where the Jags rise up and play well and have a shot to win a few games. I don't know if it's going to be this week, but uh, I, I'm probably going to pass on this one. Something to watch here. Um, who do you think is the worst quarterback against the Blitz so far through two weeks in the no, it's not Kyler Murray. It is not. He's actually the second-best quarterback. That would be Trevor Lawrence. How about this? <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, 2 of 12 against the Blitz, 42 yards, two interceptions, sacked twice, <laughs> and a passer rating of 2.1. Well, he's behind a bad offensive line, yep. too. And it's, they have not created a turnover yet this year, either. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, and that was going to be a big issue for this Jacksonville team this year. All right, we'll move on to the next one on the rotation, Indianapolis at Tennessee. This is an intriguing spot because we get reports early in the week that, of course, Brett Hundley is taking majority of practice reps as the starter. Then we get the news that Carson Wentz has returned to practice on those two sprained ankles. Despite that, Scott, though, we haven't seen this number really budge since it got to five and a half, given all the news, whether it was going to be Hundley, whether it was going to be Eason, whether it was going to be Wentz. And with the news today, it still sits at five and a half with a total of 48. I'm not a big fan of Tennessee defensively, but given where this offensive line is for Indianapolis and given the quarterback situation it's hard to see that this is going to be a, a dynamic offensive attack from Indianapolis this weekend yeah well it's on grass first of all which you know maybe helps I made the total 47 so a little bit of value uh it was bet down during the week uh from I don't know what maybe 51 or so I still like it under a little bit got a decent situation on the under both these teams are bottom and again we're only two weeks in so these stats don't mean a ton but both these teams bottom 10 in big pass plays uh, on offense so they're not moving the ball in big chunks uh, Tennessee obviously looked better last week, of course. Uh, and obviously, Tennessee is not great at defending big pass plays. They've been giving those up as well. Both these teams are pretty similar in yards per play, yards per pass, which is kind of shocking given all the issues that uh, the Colts have had this year. I've actually got a couple really good situations that go against Tennessee in this. I don't know. I, uh, I'm interested to get your opinion, J, JVT, because you're the uh, Colts guy, but I don't know if I can play the Colts, but I do like the under a little bit here. Um, and Tennessee, you know, coming off or running the ball last week, they may want to run the ball a little bit more. I got a feeling Colts are going to want to try to run it if they can. That'll eat clock as well. So mm -hmm. I think the under has a fairly decent chance to get here. And we're going under uh, just over the average NFL total. So uh, it's a decent size total. Well, if you're Jacob Eason or Brett Hundley, you couldn't ask for a better defense to break in against. Yep. Maybe you yes. could. There, are, there are worse defenses than the Titans, but this is a pretty good situation uh, to face this Tennessee defense for a young quarterback. I don't think Andrew Luck is going to be walking through that door. You're a Colts guy. I'll ask you, do you remember Andrew Luck's record against the Titans? Oh, bro, it was, it was, was it like... Was it like fourteen and one? I think he only lost like one game against them. eleven and zero. Uh, eleven, so he didn't. He never lost. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I thought he lost one in there. So I don't think he's coming back yeah. this week. So I'm probably not going to play the Colts here. And like I said, I like to look for dogs on the card, but I just can't play the Colts. Carson Wentz is going to be on two bad ankles, or you have Eason yep. and Hundley who probably aren't going to move the football much in this uh, matchup this week. So I uh, I like the Titans a little bit, but I'm not going to play it. Yeah, to your point, uh, regardless of who it is, even if it's going to be Carson Wentz here, uh, this has been over the last season and a half now an anemic pass rush uh, for the Tennessee Titans. And it's a good good defense, like you said, to break yourself into. Right now, Tennessee Titans at this point, if you're talking about pressure rate, bottom half of the league and well into it. And last year, they were one of the worst. And that's not going to change, even though the Colts offense line hasn't been healthy and has kind of right. been a bigger weakness than we expected. All right, we continue to roll on on the other side. We have the Baltimore Ravens, who are a massive road favorite against the Detroit Lions. And I'm going to see what Scott thinks about my theory that maybe, just maybe, 2018-2019 Josh Allen is actually back. It's the edge here on DC. <laughs> Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is The Edge on VSN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streams, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VSIN.com data and analysis. Get everything VSIN has to offer for only 22 bucks a month. Sign up now at VSIN.com slash subscribe. Scott Kellen's here at the desk with humans and myself. This is a football Friday. We roll through the entire rotation, the National Football League schedule. So, we left off. We'll start with the big favorite on the road here. Baltimore on the road against Detroit, guys. Baltimore, eight-point favorite with a total of 50, uh, 49 and a half out there. Really, it's seven and a half that are starting to pop. So I, I, we'll see where this number ends up. But, but case in point, you should be able to get what you want here. There's a lot of variety of numbers depending on what side you like. So, Scott, I'll, I'll start with you. Baltimore, through the first two weeks, relatively uneven, right? They get to take advantage of a bad run defense in Kansas City. Their offensive line looks putrid against Las Vegas here on a Monday night. Do they deserve to be this big of a favorite on the road? Because I'm pretty down on this Baltimore team as a whole this coming season. I'm a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in this okay. game, um, which may have more to do with Detroit. And, you know, from a Baltimore standpoint, I, they're kind of bullies, and um, they kind of remind me of, like, the old Nebraska football teams that ran the ball. And you're up by, you know, 17 points late in the game. Well, they just keep running the ball, and they can break a 35, 40, 50-yard run because – they're not slowing it down like a passing team might do where they just run and, and maybe punt it. So they can add on. And when you look last year, when they played bad teams, and obviously Detroit's going to qualify there, they beat Houston by 17, Cincinnati by 24 and 35, Dallas by 17, Jacksonville by 26, the Giants by 14. This kind of plays into that. When they've been road favorites of more than six with uh, Jackson or home favorites of more than six, they're 24 and three straight up. So they take care of business. I think that kind of plays into a teaser here, obviously, because you're going to get them under a field goal. With that said, though, their defensive numbers are very similar to the Lions' defensive numbers. And the Lions are actually in the top 10 two weeks. I know and they were playing catch-up, but they're in the top 10 in big pass plays uh, gained, uh, as is Baltimore. And in both these teams allow uh, bottom 10 in big pass plays allowed. So the Ravens' defense does leave something to be desired here, and I don't think the Lions are going to quit. We've seen that. Yeah, this is a tough one because I, I really don't want to get behind the Lions. We, we talked about this Monday, and I don't, I don't think the run defense has been terrible, allowing 114 yards a game. That's middle of the pack in the NFL. Uh, but Scott used the word that I was going to use to describe the Ravens, bullies. Uh, they do run over bad teams. Uh, but, I'm not again, I'm not going to play this one here because I think the, the Ravens are off a huge win Sunday night and not in a great spot here, especially with Lamar Jackson having a couple issues this week. Uh, reportedly he injured his hip flipping into the end zone. Yep. And I think the, the Ravens tried to cover that up by saying, no, no, he missed practice because he had an illness. It wasn't the hip injury. Uh, but again, Ravens 6-1 and one against the spread in their past seven as uh, favorites. And uh, the Lions, again, uh, not a team that I'm looking to bet in uh, very many spots. So, uh, this was, i got to be honest, this was a game I threw out right away because I figured the public's going to play the Ravens in a teaser. I really don't want any part of it with uh, Baltimore off that big win Sunday night. Yep, no, I would agree with that. So let's go to Washington and Buffalo because I think if we're talking about a lot of these teams who are laying around these touchdowns, talking about these teaser spots, I think Buffalo would probably be the one that's going to put you in the most danger if you're teasing them down to a pick. 
because look, the, we can talk about the regression on the back end for Washington defensively, mm-hmm. which it seems to be very real. But there's some, there's a couple of things. One, I, I kind of say this in jest, but the numbers for Josh Allen to the first two weeks have just not been good. He has not looked like a good passer, inaccurate, turnover-worthy plays uh, in terms of the rate of turnover-worthy plays he commits on the same level as his first two seasons in the National Football League. Hasn't been accurate as well. Now he gets to take on Washington, where you you can still get seven and a half if you like Washington, but the sevens are there across the board. And Scott, Dale Heineke does give them something. He gives them a little bit of mobility. He's got a strong arm. It's a dynamic to this offense that they don't have with Ryan Fitzpatrick. We're going to have with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I mean, what, what I noticed with Fitzpatrick in that first game, you get a little pressure on him. He's going down, right, or maybe he throws away, where at least Heineke can get out of there with his legs and turn it maybe into a five-year gain rushing or something. Um, and he seems to be okay throwing the ball. We saw that, you know, in that Tampa game last year, and then um, last Thursday night he looked okay. So, uh, and I'll just point this out. Um, I think there's three teams that fit here this week. Week three, teams that are 0-2 against the spread, but they're not undefeated. Um, and they're a road dog. They're 64-31 and against the spread. So, um, these teams do come to play. Now, whether they're getting a little extra value because they're 0-2 against the spread or because they're desperate, whatever it might be, uh, but they do seem to cover. Washington's offense right now is actually better than Buffalo's. And, yes, Buffalo's defense has looked good, but some of that might be the opponents that they've played. Um, so I think getting a full touchdown, maybe a touchdown plus the hook, is not a decent but not a not bad play with Washington. Yeah, Washington's on my short list, <clears throat> excuse me, this week in terms of uh, sides I'm considering for the – the super contest and the circuit contest at seven and a half. Right now, most books are at seven on this game, but at circuit, you can grab seven and a half if you like Washington. And I think this is going to be a big test for Josh Allen. This Washington defense, the reputation is it's an elite defense, has not performed uh, like that through two weeks, allowing 24 and a half points and 407 yards per game. This has been one of the weaker defenses in the NFL in the first two weeks. If Josh Allen can't move the football, put up points against Washington. Uh, I think uh, you do have reasons for concern about him here early in the season. I, I think it's probably going to be a high-scoring game, and uh, the Bills are, are going to pull it out. But seven and a half to me is value with the underdog. Here. If Allen's going to turn it around, it seems like this would probably be the game to do it, right, against Washington. I think so because Washington's not getting as much pressure on the, the front four is not dominant like it was last year, and the coverage has been a little bit weak in the secondary, a little bit too soft, in my estimation. They're playing way too far off receivers. Yeah. But uh, uh, again, this is a game where I think, I was, and the number has come down. So the number was a nine, and uh, there's still only one or two seven and a halves you could grab out there. That would be my play here. Uh, yeah, and week two, Daniel Jones, the second highest graded quarterback by PFF standards, been what did he face? Washington that should not team. happen. That should, that should not Isn't happen. he undefeated against Washington? He is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, 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 the Andrew, yeah. he's the Andrew Luck to their Tennessee <laughs> Titans. Uh, by the way, to put some numbers really quickly behind what we're talking about here, too, uh, Josh Allen, uh, last uh, this season so far, turnover-worthy play on 4% of his dropbacks, rookie and sophomore years, 5.1% and 4.3%. So those are right in line with what he was doing the first couple of years. And it's a massive jump he made his third year. So. You know, and, and they're not running the ball well, and they, they throw the ball so much that if they struggle to throw it a little bit, it's hard for them to get anything – you know, off their ground game, and it just it just stalls their offense. So, you know, it's almost a recipe for disaster if things don't go their way. Taylor Haneke, by the way, a quarterback I like, and I don't think he's a downgrade at all from Fitzmagic, and he's more mobile and can make make some plays. All right, let's go to New Orleans and New England then. Uh, one of the better games on the board, if not the best one. Uh, New England right now, a three with varying juice, a two and a half out there as well. So we're hovering around this key number. And this is a number that a lot of books probably uh, don't want to give you that full time. Now, you can't hear whatever the number is, mm-hmm. two and a half or three. Uh, and it's two and a half here right now, minus 110. So, Scott, we'll start with you. The, 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 look, the Saints are beat up multiple positions. They're coming off of their worst performance on the road against the division opponent. And the Patriots looked much more like the Patriots team we expected them to last week against New York. Yeah, the uh, Saints might get uh, Gardner-Johnson back in the mm-hmm. secondary. Maybe Lattimore. That would certainly help uh, them uh, very much. They're still, you know, hurting that receiver. I really don't have an opinion on this game. Uh, but the Saints have been pretty good as dogs. I went against them last week uh, as a favorite on the road. Um, but, you know, when they're getting points, they seem to play pretty well. Um, and they're still a pretty good team, although they've obviously got some issues right now with injuries and whatnot. No opinion for me. I made the total 42 and a half, so it's right there. Uh, a slight value on New England from my spread standpoint, but I'm not sure my ratings have been right on New Orleans all year. So for me, unfortunately, no, no opinion. Yeah, I like the Patriots from the get-go on this, and I'm opposite of uh, a lot of sharp betters I know who like the Saints, who are taking plus three with the Saints. I laid two and a half with the Patriots, and uh, 
You know, I'll, I'll still lay three with the Pats in the contest this week. I like Bill Belichick trying to avoid back-to-back home losses. Mac Jones operating a very efficient offense for the Patriots, completing 74% of his passes. Defense has allowed 11.5 points per game. Obviously haven't faced uh, elite offenses in the first couple weeks. Are the Saints an elite offense? I wouldn't say so at this mm-hmm. point. They're having trouble running the ball. Jameis Winston was... Well, bite your tongue. All right, let's, let's watch what you're going to say about Jameis. Jameis Winston was sacked four <laughs> times last week. The offensive line is a little bit out of sorts. And the injury issues are stacked up for this team. I just don't think the situation sets up well for the Saints, JVT. They've been away from home for a month. They have COVID issues, injury issues. And I think if you're going to catch the Saints on the schedule, now's a good time. But again, I'm opposite of some guys who I respect like the Saints on this game, I'm going with the Pats. I laid the two and a half. Uh, the one thing that worries me about New England is for the first two weeks, one thing the Saints have done well, even with the injuries, they played the run really well. Mm-hmm. And, and if they're going to be able to contain that and make Mac yep. Jones have a lot more responsibility on his shoulders, that's it's it's mm-hmm. something that is going to be to watch there. But regardless, it does seem like a more favorable situation for the New England Patriots. But I think Mac spot. Jones can do it. Oh, yeah. I think he can handle it. Yep. And uh, you're right. Uh, he's completed 74% so far. He hasn't really had to make big plays under stress too often, especially last week against well, the Jets. It's not only that I think he can do it. He's got coaches and an offense coordinator, Josh McDaniels, who's not going to force him. Even mm-hmm. in those situations, they're going to set him up with play designs, things like that. They're going to be beneficial. I'm willing too. to bet that the, the Patriots have success running the ball against the Saints. Too. Hey, man, I got a ticket on Damian Harris to lead the league in rushing at 101, so I'm hoping <laughs> that is the case. Hey, he was like you know, third after week one. Not so much the case after week two. All right, we'll come back. We have plenty left to get to, of course, running through the entire rotation. On the other side, Chargers and Chiefs. 1-11-1 against the spread. You have heard it over the last 13 games for the Kansas City Chiefs. Can they break that trend here? Market says potentially they go from 6.5 to 7 with a total of 54.5. So we'll break down that AFC West matchup. And the best game on the board, Atlanta on the road against the New York Giants. It's the edge. <laughs> This is the Edge on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. All right, we keep it rolling here on the Edge. Scott Kellen's alongside us. We're rapping like rapid fire, just getting through all these games in the National Football League. Well, guys, dive right in, guys. Chargers, Chiefs. We're up to seven with a total of fifty-four and a half. Scott, what say you? We've talked about this a lot. One eleven and one against the spread for the Chiefs the last thirteen games. Part of the reason overvalued favorite. Also part of the reason their defense hasn't been very good. So mm-hmm. what's the read here? Is the market's past that six and a half and on that key number? First of all, don't you feel like every uh, when that just gets publicized that much more? Like all of a sudden they'll come in and cover, right? Yep. But um, I like the charges a little bit here. Then I'm going to caveat the hell out of it when I'm done here. But uh, just because of all these injuries, right? And I made the total fifty-eight and a half. Uh, so there's some value to the over, I think. But uh, the Chargers, you know, they play two deep safeties. They keep everything in front of them. Remember Justin uh, Herbert's first game last year, 23-20 game they lost. They kind of kept everything in front of them. So, uh, you know, they will probably more than likely do that here. Yeah, Kansas City played two good offenses to start the season. But, man, 7.6 yards of play, 9.4 yards of pass. Um, you know, that those are not good numbers. Both these teams, top 10 in big pass plays over the first two weeks. Kansas City, bottom 10 in allowing big pass plays. Uh, Chargers top 10 in giving up the fewest big pass plays. Again, they keep everything in front of them. So I think they could do something here in regards to that. So getting a touchdown, not bad. The caveat here, though, is Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Chris Harris, Justin Jones. All these guys are banged up, not practicing. I kind of need to see and make sure they're playing before I would really want to take the Chargers. So a quick update on that, by the way, it was reported just an hour or so ago. Justin Jones officially doubtful. Chris Harris is officially out. Joey Bose is questionable. Derwin James did practice today in full. So okay. looks like James is going to be out there, but that's three key guys. Yeah, and Harris uh, is pretty key, right? Yep. So those are three key defenders, you've been said, are not going to be out there, it looks like, potentially. Joey Bosa is questionable. I think it's going to be a shootout. Yep. And uh, I hate to say, hey, play over a total of 54 and a half, but... Uh, Tease it down. <laughs> I'm not going to say tease the total either. I think uh, your safest bet here is to tease the Chiefs down to minus one if you're going to play it uh, because the Chiefs off a loss Sunday night in a game they should not have lost. I think it'll probably be a good bet coming back home. And like Scott said, you know, you can break down this matchup 20 different ways. I think the number is right. It's probably seven. Well, and the half point adjustments probably do the injuries as well, right? So, All right. So I would tease the Chiefs down and um, – uh, expect a high-scoring game. I, Justin Herbert can trade shots with Patrick Mahomes, but yep. I think in the end, the Chiefs are going to find a way to win this game. And the Chiefs, 
you know, we keep hearing one eleven and one against the spread, and we talked about it on Monday's show. Did you know that last Before that, they went on a fifteen and two spread run, right? Yep. Obviously, uh, there has not been much value in laying points with the Chiefs in the past uh, year or so, but uh, they're they're going to start to cover some numbers, and uh, they might cover this one. But I I feel better playing KC on a teaser. Also, with those trends, you also remember those are always graded by closing lines. You don't know if the opening lines were there. Market moves pretty quickly on some of these Chiefs games, so that's always something to realize with those. How about Atlanta, New York, the New York Giants? Talk about elite quarterback play. Second highest graded quarterback last week, Daniel Jones. Except the difference is, Scott, he is not playing the Washington football team, who he seems to dominate. New York, again, this is one of those that's sitting on three or two and a half with varying juice. Here at the South Point, three minus 110 with a total of 48. I've been pretty down on this Atlanta team. Don't like Arthur mm-hmm. Smith. Don't like the offense overall. Looked better against Tampa Bay last week, but really fell apart in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and look, they're they're allowing big pass plays. Yep. Uh, they're horrible in offense, 31st in success rate for me, uh, 28th in giving up success rate. Uh, like, So where do you even start here? The Giants actually have better offensive numbers in Atlanta. Like, when's the last time you could say that? <laughs> um, and, you know, but then these two teams are similar in numbers defensively, which we know Atlanta's not good, which just means the Giants haven't played great defense as well. Uh, Russell Gage now out, A.J. Terrell uh, in the secondary out. You know, after you start to count for some of these injuries, I have value on the Giants, but I have a ton of great situations on Atlanta. I was thinking about teasing them at the two and a half up to eight and a half. I don't know if I want to go there or not. That's the only way I would play Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's almost some value on the Giants now at the two and a half, just given where Atlanta is and some of the injuries. Yeah, to me, this game's about the number. You can make a case for the Giants laying two and a half. You can also make a case for the Falcons taking three, and uh, I'm not going to make a case for either. All right, let's go to Chicago and Cleveland. I think this is one of the more fascinating games on the board. Justin Fields is going to get the start, Scott. Uh, Right now, we're talking about seven and a half with a total of 45. Humans and I have talked about this a lot. I don't think Justin Fields is the upgrade that a majority of people would think that he is. Holds on to the ball really long. He's had one of the longest average times of throws in the preseason because he did that. A poor offensive line in front of him. Taking on a defensive line with a bevy of pass rushers, including one of the best ones, Miles Garrett. So what is this matchup for you? I do have the Browns on the teaser. Total is 45 as well. Cleveland, is, I think, deservedly a seven and a half point favorite. What do you say? Yeah, I make them about eight and a half. Uh, I agree with you, JVT. Um, look at these offense: seven point two yards of play to four point one yards of play, nine point five yards of pass to four point three. I think Fields ultimately is an upgrade over Andy Dalton, but when are you going to see that? I don't know that you're going to see that this week or the next couple weeks, right? So um, I think Cleveland's going to score here. Here's the other thing: the Bears seven and two straight up last year versus losing teams. They beat Cincinnati this year. Let's call them a losing team for now. But one and six straight up versus winning teams. They lost by 20 to the Rams earlier this year, so they're 0-1 this year. And on the road last year against good teams, losing to the Rams by 14. Tennessee, 7. Green Bay, 16. New Orleans, 12. 20 to the Rams this year. Cleveland sits right in this spot as well. I like it as a teaser as well. At 7, I would probably even play the Cleveland here. I think there's some value there, but I think the teaser works as well. A couple questions this week about Baker Mayfield's shoulder, uh, which appears to be sore. I don't think it's going to be a serious deal to deal with this weekend. Uh, but I agree with Scott. I think eventually Justin Fields is going to be an upgrade over Andy Dalton, but that could be a month, two months down the road. This week, I think he's a downgrade. Andy Dalton would give, uh, I believe, the Bears a chance to be more competitive in this game against the Browns. Fields has not faced uh, much pressure. So far, he has not faced uh, complex defensive schemes. In the preseason, you see none of that. Mm-hmm. He's going to see all of that against that Browns defensive front this week. I think this could be a rude awakening for the kid on the road. And I like the Browns. I played the Browns on a teaser. I played a Panthers, Chiefs, Browns teaser this week. Yeah, I did not lay the points. I agree with Scott, too. I, I made the number eight and a half. Yeah, a little bit surprised to see seven, seven and a half out there on that game this week. Yep, it's uh, pretty fascinating. We'll see if uh, there is a rude awakening for the general collective about Justin Fields in his level play right now. I agree with you. The thought of at some point, Justin Fields is going to be an upgrade. Your mobility raises your floors and offense overall, but it's just when does that take place? And I don't think it's going to be at this point right now. All right, let's go to Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. So injury question marks abound to key positions for the Steelers, right? Pictorial injury for Big Ben. Sounds like he's going to play, though. Groin injury for T.J. Watt. Don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, Mike Tomlin earlier in the week said it was good news, but not to be confused with great news. So we'll <laughs> see if that's, going to, uh, if that's going to be something. And here's the thing for me, Scott. So I haven't eliminated the Steelers quite yet. I think if you went back to last year, the Bengals had a lot of troubles with fronts that blitzed a lot, mm-hmm. that could pressure Joe Burrow. And that's what the Steelers can do. But I want T.J. Watt out there. And that's going to make the massive difference for me as we track these injuries coming into the week. Uh, but what is your matchup here? Because this has gone, look ahead line was six and a half, and we're down to now this three. 
Yeah, that's. Uh, I made the line two and a half when you start to factor these injuries in. Uh, like you said, we got to see who plays here. And to your point, Cincinnati uh, last in the league in allowing sacks. Steelers number three in pressure. So that you know they're going to put some heat on them. What has been surprising this year, though, Cincinnati's deep front has been pretty good. And now they're going to face a Pittsburgh offensive line that's not that good. Deontay Johnson probably out, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made the number 40 and a half from a total standpoint. But, man, it's so hard to go under a low total in the NFL these days. I guess I would just lean under there. Uh, and and then, you know, if this went to two and a half, maybe I would tease it up for Cincinnati. But to your point, against some of these better teams that put pressure on them, you know, last year they got blown out in a few of those games. So, yep. Uh, it's a tough call, and this thing did get bet down. Yeah, this is one of those where you got to find out if T.J. Watt's going to play. And if he is going to go, and I would think no, because uh, the groin injury, I would expect to take a couple weeks for him to, to get back on the field. You don't want to rush that back and pull the groin injury and uh, aggravate the groin injury and then sit out a month. I think the Steelers, you get at a buy-low price here at minus three if uh, he's going to be on the field. And Big Ben, he, you know he's always going to try to tough it out. Yeah. That's just what he does. He almost enjoys getting injured. <laughs> he play, he's kind of plays better when he's injured. Right. So it's like a beat-up car <laughs> who uh, just keeps keeps on chugging. I, I think the Steelers minus three would be a buy-low price. I did not bet this game. I'll say this really quickly because one of the exercises I'd like to do here is with the injuries, that's a, that's a concern. Are the Steelers' power rate the same as the Bears? Because this is the same number that the Bengals were catching last week in Chicago, right? And I, and I think that's a pretty big question, good especially if T.J. Watt is going to be available here. And, and that's the thing that kind of sticks out, that kind of – What's the phrase? Sticks in my craw a little bit with this game. <laughs> All right, we'll go to the next one up. This is uh, actually, we'll have to save a majority of the analysis on the other side because I think this is fascinating. But Miami at Las Vegas, uh, three and a halfs are back on the board. There's fours out there too. So, another one of those situations where you should get the number that you want here. Total of 44 or 43 and a half. I'll just ask this question really quickly, last 60 seconds here, Scott. Difference, if any, between Jacoby Brissett and Tua Tunga Bailoa? I think it's slight, but I don't think it's great. Yeah. I think Brissett will be better than he was last week. Maybe yeah. a point, maybe. I don't think it's huge. I think the big thing is he holds onto the ball a lot too. Like he's one of those guys and he's big. So he can avoid those tackles much like Ben Roethlisberger, right? He's athletic as Michael Lombardi reminded us this week, but that's a bad offensive line in front of him. And the Raiders humans have taken advantage of really bad offensive lines up to this point. Well, they have. And actually the Raiders have uh, done pretty well against two decent defenses. I want to say the Ravens and Steelers are not elite defenses right now. Like they used to be. That's more on reputation, but above average Baltimore, Pittsburgh, elite defenses in the NFL. Those they're not at that level right now, but the Raiders can hit for big plays. Uh, to me, it's it's a lot about the situation here. The Raiders are off two big games, two really big games, and uh, now they're coming home and they're in the favorites role for the first time this season. Last four times as a favorite, Raiders 0-4 against the spread. Uh, Dolphins off a really bad loss last week, so it's kind of one of those situations where you, are you going to buy the bad news on the Dolphins? All right, we'll come back. We'll see if Scott's got anything official for that one. And then we'll wrap up the card, of course. We've got uh, about, what, four or five games left. We'll see as we wrap up the week three analysis here on The Edge. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... 
in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is The Edge on VSN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. The new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline, over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits another way. vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. All right, with that, we got to cut. We Time is short, so let's get through these pretty quick. We start off with best bets here for the coming weekend. Uh, humans, I know that you and I uh, have added to the college slate, so we're going to get to that because uh, we share a play there. It's in the Mountain West. But overall, go over everything in terms of best bets here. Everything remains the same, obviously. Vikings plus the one and a half. The number's up to two. We'll get to that game momentarily. And then a two-game teaser with the uh, two-team teaser, excuse me, with the Vikings up to seven and a half. Browns minus one and a half. Uh, should also have on that board, too, by the way, Rams plus the one and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So got those three plays in for the National Football League schedule. Uh, and in college, the addition for me was Utah State plus nine and a half mm, against Boise State. Nice. So I'll let you take it because I know that's what you added to your card too. Is that I all you have in college? Yeah, just the one plus that's Utah it? State plus nine and a half. Wow. Being very selective, super Please. selective JBT. <laughs> super selective. Last week, your one college play didn't work out so well. No, it's not. But so far, 4-2. and two. So Hopefully this one works out better because yeah. I'm on the same side as you. <laughs> and by the way, get up early for this kickoff on the West Coast. 9 o'clock. 9 a.m. Boise wow. at Utah State. Uh, so it's one of my best bets in college football as when well. When Utah's I've, the rowdiest, you know. I've got, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got. Uh, got to get up for church. I've got uh, several college football best bets. We'll do those first. Notre Dame plus six over Wisconsin. That number is now at six and a half. Uh, Western Michigan minus three over San Jose. You can still lay two and a half at some spots out there. Uh, Western Kentucky plus nine over Indiana. Stanford plus six over UCLA. Uh, full disclosure, I bet that at plus four and plus six uh, this week. It's now sitting at four and a half. Arkansas plus six over Texas A&M. And the ads I had today, Utah State plus nine and a half over Boise. And... Um, Kansas State plus six over Oklahoma State. K-State was a game I played early in the week at plus seven and a half, uh, but that now is at plus six. I still like it. So Notre Dame, Western Michigan, Utah State, Western Kentucky, Stanford, K-State, and Arkansas. I've got seven plays right there on uh, college football this week. And then the NFL, Patriots minus three, Rams plus one, Vikings plus one and a half. We'll talk about those two games, those second two games here in a couple minutes. But I've got seven plays in college. I'm going to add two or three more. I was hoping that Utah State line would hit 10 yeah, at yeah. some point this week. It hasn't got there yet, but I went ahead and, and played it. And um, I might add uh, one game in the NFL as well, but I'll go with those three for now. Scott, what do you have for best bets in the NFL? Uh, let's do a teaser. Arizona, six-point teaser down to one and a half. Uh, we'll tease that with Cleveland down to one. And then let's go uh, Indianapolis, Tennessee, under 48. Like it. Okay. So with that, let's finish out the rotation. New York Jets, Denver Broncos, 10.5, 41.5 uh, is the total. Broncos. I, you, huh. I thought we were going to finish up on that Dolphins Raiders. Oh, okay. No? Yeah. Sorry. I thought you, really quick. You have, did you have anything on that, Scott? <laughs> Nothing on it. I'll just make note. Miami was minus two. The total was 50 here last year. Yeah. Obviously, those, those numbers have changed. Teams are a little bit different. Um, like you said, Miami coming off a, uh, a key loss here. That's usually a pretty good situation. I would take the points if I did anything, but I'm not sure I want to do that. All right, to answer your question earlier, Jacoby Brissett to Tua, uh, I think uh, at most a one-point drop-off. And some people might argue it's a one-point improvement, improvement for yep. the Dolphins. So I'll just say it's a wash. I don't like the situation for the Raiders coming off two big dog wins. And I want to clarify what I said about the Steelers and Ravens defenses. I don't consider those elite defenses right now, especially if T.J. Watt's not on the field for the Steelers. I think he makes all the difference. And the Baltimore defense can be elite, but it's so beat up right now, it's not playing at that level right now. Yep. All right, so Jets and Broncos, 10.5 with that 41.5. Broncos, though, of course, as we know, 
dealing with injuries of their own, especially along that defensive front. We uh, front, we get the news, Bradley Chubb, IR, so that's not really good. Uh, been a really disappointing year in, or career because of injuries for Bradley Chubb. But regardless, how do we view this? Because even without Bradley Chubb, Scott, this is a really porous offensive line in front of the New York Jets. But we seem to be getting to the point where maybe the power rating on Denver might be peaking just a little bit here, given how they play. Yeah, I get a little bit of value on Denver on this, but I'm not laying double digits. Um, Jets 31st in the league uh, as far as allowing sacks. I was kind of shocked by this, and I'm going to double-check to make sure it's right, but Denver, uh, I think, is 30th in pressure rate, so they're not really getting pressure on the quarterback. But like you said, JVT, the Jets' offensive line is not good. Um, Jets actually qualify in a pretty good situation, being 0-2 against a spread that works well in Week 3, but it's no play for me, and I made the total 41.5, so it's right on the number. 16.3% the pressure rate, 30th in the NFL. There, yep. there you go. No play. I would consider the Jets at 11 or 11 and a half, but the number's not there. It's 10 and a half and uh, not going to do it. I think Zach Wilson's going to have weeks where he looks good. It's kind of tough to gamble on that right now. So let's get to what is going to be the best game on the board. I believe Tampa Bay on the road against Los Angeles. Uh, those one and a halfs are starting to disappear. One's to dominate the board, but there's still plenty of one and a halfs out there with a total of 55 and a half. You know, Scott, you brought up the Chargers and the way they play defense. Not a surprise, similar to Los Angeles. Staley comes over, takes over. He was their defensive coordinator last year. And I think the Rams match up relatively well with Tampa Bay. Again, keeping everything in front of you, having a dominant defensive back to handle maybe one of those targets, whether it's going to be Kronkowski or any of the wide receivers. Antonio Brown with the COVID situation. Right. Jason Pierre-Paul injured as well. Yep. So what do you make of this matchup here between these two? Remember, for those out there, Rams got this win uh, on the road last year yeah. on a Monday Night Football. 27-24, I think yep. they had a, yeah. Uh, I have some value on Tampa Bay. It's it's primarily on, on the priors from the, uh, you know, before the year started because I think the matchup here a little bit favors the Rams. I took Tampa Bay at a pick earlier in the week. Look, I would, t- you know, I would probably take either one of these teams on a teaser, getting them over seven. Right now that's available, you know, for the Rams probably. Uh, I made the total 55, but I think – and like you said, they're going to keep some stuff in front of them, but I could see this game on a fast track inside, uh, you know, being a fairly high-scoring game. But, again, I have no interest going over a total of 55. I played Tampa. I'll stick with that. Um, but I would not be shocked if the Rams do something here because I think the matchup is decent for them. Yeah, we're talking about the Bucks defense. Tom Brady right now, I think, showing no drop-off whatsoever. Right. He's about as good as ever at age 44. I mean, he looks as good as ever. Uh, league's number one scoring offense, 39.5 points a game. But this is a much tougher matchup than what Brady faced against the Atlanta and Dallas defenses, especially up front. If you're going to throw Brady off, you got to get pressure up the middle in his face. And guess what? Aaron, Aaron Donald and the Rams can do just that. And the Bucks' weakness, the secondary, JVT, we talked about it all week. Tampa Bay has allowed 342 yards per game through the air, 30th in the league. And I think uh, Sean McVay can scheme to exploit those uh, advantages the Rams have this week. I, I got a small bet on the Rams plus one and a half. I might, like Scott said, also play the Rams on a teaser at plus seven and a half, but I do like the home dog a little bit here. Yeah, that was part of my analysis, too. Rams, one of those teams you talk about at first, an average depth of target by opponent allowed, uh, and, of course, fifth right now in terms of air yards allowed. So that's going to be one of the things, again, just keeping everything in front of you. It's what they do really well. And we'll see if that works out here against Tampa Bay. Uh, do you have anything to add there, Scott? You well, I was just going to say, someone mentioned this morning, I didn't fact check this, but I think it's accurate. The Rams threw about 70% of the time in that game last year because they yep. knew they couldn't run. Now mm-hmm. they got Stafford. So, you know, that plays into some of that, maybe a higher scoring game, too. Yep. All right, Seattle, Minnesota. This is also a pretty intriguing contest. So uh, this market uh, moved against me. You, two humans, right? You have that play. Kind of expected this to flip. There's still time for that. Uh, but they're now twos across the board. Now, I think this adjustment is because Dalvin Cook is officially questionable for this matchup. I think this is a run yeah. scheme, though, that benefits you in terms of losing your top-tier running back. Alexander Madison could fill in for one game, especially after this front looked that way against Derrick Henry. Scott, what do you say? Seattle, two-point favorite on the road with a total of 55. Uh, I got some pretty good situations in Seattle. I don't, I don't want – I made the line about a half in favor. Seattle, so I don't really want to lay two. If it went back to a pick I may take a shot with Seattle. Uh, one of the situations going against the Vikings, they're coming home after losing two games on the road, and actually in week three, I mean, you might say, hey, it's do or die, they got to make this work. Well, it actually doesn't work for teams like that in week three coming home after losing two games on the road. There's a few other parameters there. And I don't, you know, we have not seen this improvement in the Viking defense. I have not seen it yet. Um, and, you know, we, I got to see something before I have confidence in that. And their offensive line's not good. 
Uh, I like Seattle a little bit in this game, but I don't like where the market's going with it and don't really want to lay to. At a pick maybe I would take him. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the betting market sees in the Seahawks here. Is it just right. Russell Wilson? Because there's not a whole lot to uh, be encouraged Anti-Viking sentiment as well, right? Yeah, Vikings have played him well the last couple of years, too. I thought the Vikings played a pretty good football game last week and should have beat the Cardinals on the road. And what's what I've said, I, I don't like the Seattle secondary at all. I think they have a lot of issues. By the way, the Vikings defense was shorthanded last week, too. Mm-hmm. I think at full strength, it's going to be a pretty good Minnesota defense. Kirk Cousins completing 71.6% of his passes. He's, he's always a high percentage guy. He's got five TDs, no no picks. Dalvin Cook, 96 yards per game on the ground. Hopefully he plays. Uh, I, I, I'm playing the Vikings here. Right now you can grab plus two everywhere. Yep. All right, last one on Sunday. Green Let's Bay on the road. No, go uh, ahead. Uh, against San Francisco. Uh, threes of varying juice across the board here, so this is moving in favor of Green Bay. I would agree with this market move total of 50 or 50 and a half. Uh, a lot of key differences over the last two matchups here, Scott. San Francisco's had Green Bay's number. Not the same defense, though, of course. Not the same defensive coordinator. And the San Francisco 49ers really beat up on offense, especially that running back position. So what do you see here? Uh, I played Green Bay before the game on Monday night because I figured they'd look good. They looked okay uh, at plus four. I would still probably play them at plus three. I think there's a little value there. I made the total basically 50, but I, this could be a high-scoring game because Green Bay's defense does not look good. I mm-hmm. think they have one sack on the year, um, and we know San Francisco's secondary is beat up as well. Uh, I could see both teams moving the ball here a little bit as well, but I like Green Bay. Yeah, I kind of like the Packers in this spot, but I missed a plus four. Maybe I'll grab plus three and a half. It pops up, but uh, no play as of yet, but I'm leaning Packers. All right, all done on this football Friday. You missed out on any part of the analysis. Beeson.com slash podcast. Check that out. Also, our NFL best bet column up today, too, with humans, myself, and others. We'll see you. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.